Welcome back. Today, I am so excited. This episode is about Chandler's brand new book, The Best Coast, A Road Trip Atlas. It's real. It's, it's weird. real. I'm looking at a copy of it. And I mean, this has been a long time coming. You've long worked time. so hard on this book. It's yeah. just kind of still blowing my mind that it now exists. It's a real thing. Yeah. So we're actually recording this um, in January. So the book comes out on April 9th. And you had the idea to talk about this book. And after you had the idea, the advanced copy arrived. So it just got here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. So I'm really excited it's that amazing. we actually have I it did in not front of us. So I've, I've only just seen it now. For That's so exciting. Myself. Yeah, I didn't expect you to have, like, come with an actual copy yeah. of the book. And I've seen bits and pieces when I've been yeah, at your house. Yeah, you've like, kind of, you're one of the few people who's kind of seen it over time. Right. And but, I mean, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so <laughs> there are so many things I want to know about this book. Um, I want to know, like, what's the timeline been like? Because I know it's been a very long process. Yeah. How did this book even come about? What was your inspiration for creating it? And, uh, yeah, any fun things you can tell us okay. about the process or, like, the actual road trip that you took to make And actually, book. road trips, plural. This is actually the product of 10 years of oh traveling gosh. up and down the West Coast and seeing different things and sometimes going back to places that I've seen before and trying to just... I mean, the West Coast is such a vast place, and I'm really only sticking to like a sliver of it. I mean, it's really only the inland third okay. of these states. Are there a few different routes um, yes. on the West Coast that you're documenting? Yeah, so the book... Um, the book is uh, broken up into two halves, and the first half is a route that hugs the coast, and so it is sort of a hybrid between California Highway 1, the iconic coast highway, and Highway 101, which goes all the way from San Diego all the way up to technically Olympia, Washington, but it goes hmm. all the way around the Olympic Peninsula first before it makes a big loop before it ends in Olympia. <laughs> and then the second half of the book is, I call it the inland coast, so it's still the coastal route, but um, it's only coastal in Washington. So it, hmm. it parallels I-5, because it, it, except it's the historic version of that. It's Highway 99. So it, it goes all the way from Calexico, California, which is at the Mexico border, and goes all the way up to the Canadian border, and then there's a little side trip at the end in Vancouver, hmm. B.C. So, um, so it's kind of these two parallel trips, and together they kind of encompass pretty much everything, every, all the highlights, I would say, of the West Coast. Now, it doesn't go into central or eastern Washington or Oregon. That's outside the scope of this book, which mm -hmm. makes me a little sad. But culturally, that's really different. In terms of landscape, that's really different. And it only, it only covers a tiny bit of the Sierra in California. But there's so much territory. I mean, that's, that could be a whole other book mm -hmm. right there. So... This right. is the best I could do to kind of corral everything. <laughs> and it helped to follow the logic of these historic highways. That kind of keeps the thread together. So there are some gaps in here, like uh, Silicon Valley is really not in this book because it doesn't lie on either route. It's kind of between them. Berkeley is hmm. not in this book. Um, but that, you know, again, it's such a vast area, and it, sticking to the these routes really helped rein it in. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You'd have to... Figure out what to document. And I mean, you have a very specific take on road trips. You are yeah. usually looking for historic things, things that are sort of by the wayside, like uh, forgotten about almost. Yeah. yeah. 
And and I think that's another reason to stick to these historic roots because that's the I think the best way to trace those things. This is history. So it's kind of a mix between a road trip guide to like the natural wonders, like the coastline, natural features, national parks, but also Americana that you find along the roadside. And that that stuff is seeing a resurgence right now. It's becoming really popular again, which is really nice. It's it's something that I've been interested in my whole life, but now we have places like Atlas Obscura talking about this. Right. And, and so it's really coming back into the conversation. Oh, and uh, guess who's got a blurb on the back of the book? <laughs> so yeah, you have two really excellent blurbs. They're actually old blurbs. Are they really? <laughs> yeah, well, they're not specifically about this book, but um, both Atlas Obscura and Fast Company featured me a few years ago when, my, when I launched my travel blog. They kind of featured me out of the gate, and um, we were in the process of approaching them for new blurbs for the book, and then my editor was like, actually, these work really well, mm-hmm. because the travel blog is not that different Yeah, in scope, I would say. Right. The content's different, but... I mean, it, it kind of... This book feels like the tangible form of your travel blog, to yeah, some Yeah, and it's, it's not really in a post format. It's definitely a book format, but yeah, it's definitely of the same family. <laughs> mm-hmm. It seems like you've been working on this forever, but what's yeah. the actual timeline? Been? Um, for the actual book, it's been about, by the time the book comes out in April, it will be not quite three years. Oh, wow. So, but in terms of dedicated work on the book, it's really two years. Two, okay. Two years and change. Um, because uh, I first met with my editor, this is my second book, yeah. The first book I, w- I co-wrote with my collaborator, Jessica Spring, based on the Dead Feminist series that we've been doing forever. So that's a really different book, but it's the same publisher. And I was kind of working up the courage to pitch a travel book idea when the same editor from the previous book contacted me kind of out of the blue and said, hey, um, we, when you did the Dead Feminist book, you had told us how popular lettering has become would and you're right it's true people are into lettering now and I'm like oh no I've been saying that (laughs) and she said would you ever be interested in doing a how-to book on lettering and I was so not interested in that (laughs) and I felt kind of guilty and I, I said well actually I'm I'm not because I feel like I feel like we're behind the curve on that now. Mm. There's so many how-to books. And plus, that's not that's never been my interest. I just kind of do it for myself. And I said, but I do have this other idea. Would you be willing to hear me out? And she said, yeah, let's, let's have coffee. So I went up to Seattle and met her. And I brought, like, I didn't have anything written out yet. But I had a pile of sketchbooks. And I had a pile of other travel books and other illustrated books. And I basically just made a verbal pitch. And I said, this is what I do when I'm not doing dead feminist stuff. I travel all the time. I keep all these sketchbooks. I have thousands of these drawings. And I love linking disparate places together. I love traveling by road trips. And there really aren't any illustrated road trip guides out there, probably because it's a crazy idea and a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) But I would really love to do one. And she really liked the idea. And originally it started out, I was interested in doing a Route 66 book. But that's kind of outside the scope of what Sasquatch Books does because Mm. they're Pacific Northwest. Um, So she said, well, the subject matter, we're really into the road trip thing, but Route 66 is a little bit outside of our scope. Would you 
be interested in doing something that's more West Coast? And I said, absolutely. And I started talking about Highway 99 and Highway 1 and how I've been taking these trips ever since I moved to Washington 10 years ago. I guess at the time it wasn't quite 10 years. And she's like, why don't you put together a proposal? And I did, and she helped me with it, and they accepted it. So this was that first conversation was summer of 2016. I wrote the proposal and submitted it in January of 2017. And I actually wrote the bulk of the proposal on Inauguration Day. Oh. When Trump was inaugurated. <laughs> and I wanted nothing to do with the media, and I was really angry. I went up to San Juan Island, and I sat on a picnic table on the shore, staring out to Canada, wishing I was there. <laughs> <laughs> and I just didn't want anything to do with the news that was making me so angry that day. So that morning, I got up really early, and I spent the whole morning writing this proposal on a picnic table outdoors while there's like porpoises leaping in the water and stuff. Uh, that sounds perfect for this book. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> and then I got back to the a friend's condo where I was staying and I picked up a protest sign and then I went to a women's march that afternoon. <laughs> nice. Love it. So it felt like the two sides of my life right there. Right. And I got to be Trump free for that day and I got a book out of it. So <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like, That's a very important day. That felt like making out. lemonade out of lemons yeah. that day. <laughs> um, so the book was accepted that spring, and then I, I f took one more trip up and down the coast to kind of, kind of like back clean up and do hmm. the last things I hadn't gotten to. There was there were definitely some locations I hadn't seen yet. So that was April of 2017. Did things change between trips? Yes. Noticeably? I mean, yes. did you have to alter your text or anything? Um, I actually kind of had to do it all along because, unfortunately, 2017 was a really hard year, especially for California in terms of, like, natural disasters. There were so many fires. There have been more since then, even some ever since the text got buttoned up and I couldn't change it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, like, the wine country near Napa Valley was devastated by fire in 2017, and I was still writing at that point, so I was able to address that in the book. Um, on that, that road trip that I took in 2017, there was a rock slide on Highway 101 that closed the highway through the Redwoods, and at that part of the state, it's in a very mountainous, remote part of the state, that's the only road. And I was staying... The plan that day that was supposed to be my least, my, my lowest mileage day of the trip, and I was really looking forward to it. I was like, oh, I only have to drive 100 miles today, <laughs> and I'm going to hang out in the Redwoods and take my time and polish off these parks that I haven't been to. And then that night, the rock slide happened. Oh, wow. And I only happened to see it because I was I got in the habit of checking the road conditions beforehand because it's <gasps> such a remote area, and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. And so to go just 100 miles, I had to go clear around, back through the mountains, over to the interstate, up north to Redding, and then back over the mountains. So it was a 400-mile detour oh. <laughs> without ever leaving the state of California or even leaving Northern California. Jeez. It was nuts. And that it took is. me like 11 hours to do because it was oh, all wow. mountain roads. Right. It the was timing crazy. of that. Is, yeah. I mean, could you have gotten stuck there? I you, could have. Yeah, if you'd yeah. gone the day before. And so I ended up... I wrote about that a little bit. I didn't write about that day in the book, but I wrote about how we are so used to travel being, quote, easy mm -hmm. these days because we have, we have airplanes and modern technology and GPS and all sorts of things that we've come to rely upon. But 
nature can laugh in your face. Like (laughs) sometimes none of that stuff is going to do you any good. Like you're just trying to get to the next town up the road and you can't get there. And it, you're at the mercy of the one road across the mountains. Mm -hmm. And so that really hit home for me. And so there's, there's quite a bit in this book about how, yeah, road trips are kind of a throwback, but sometimes you need that throwback. Like you need to rely on paper maps because GPS is not going to help you every time. I noticed you include a little paragraph. You have some like tips yeah. at the start of the book about learning to your... read paper yeah. maps. <laughs> <laughs> GPS isn't always going to help you. Yeah. Sometimes it's not accurate. Sometimes it doesn't work at all. Sometimes you can't get a signal because you're out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you your battery dies. Right. You know. The book is a really interesting blend because it's, I mean, it's, you have beautiful illustrations and really interesting stories about all the locations. And then at the at the beginning of the book, you also have like kind of tips and tricks about how to plan a really good yeah. and effective road trip. So did your editor have a feeling like one way or the other, like what to focus on? She helped guide me. I had a pretty strong idea from the beginning of how I wanted this to go. And always the challenge for me is organizing. There's all this information in my head but organizing it is always hard and like what to leave in, how, how far in depth to go. Am I rambling? Am I talking way too much about this one topic? But it helped. One thing that helped was that I stuck to geography as the, as the main thread of the book. So we just follow the route from South to North. And so whenever I was unsure, I'd be like, well, you know, we have one spread per locale and it's got to fit on that spread. So if I'm rambling, Mm. like, that really helped rein me in. And then I had pitched from the beginning to my editor, I'd like the front matter of the book, like the introduction, that sort of thing, to talk about more of the practical stuff. And I had this idea of doing illustrated lists, Hmm. which is something that I've seen other illustrators do. Um, Like Julia Rothman, Wendy McNaughton, they do do this sort of thing in their books. where instead of just a bulleted list, like there's illustrated vignettes that go with it, like a packing list or a packing list has been around forever. You see illustrated packing lists from 60 years ago. Um, Most but of them that are really... not, not watercolored though, probably. Well, there are some. <laughs> oh, are there? Yeah. Okay. If you go back far enough. Um, but I feel, I feel like that's a great way to organize the information. It's all vis- visually there. And so that helped organize these tips. So I, um, so, so, but often I would get lost. I would be like, well, this feels like too much information for one spread, or I am not sure where to go with this. And my editor was really great at kind of reining me back in and saying, well, maybe this goes better at the end of the book, or maybe, maybe this can get cut and put back into the main part of the book. Cause you're getting specific here. So she was really great at kind of steering me back on track. She's, she's really knows me well and knows how my brain works. And that must be a huge help, huge help. And it was great to work with the same person again, because Mm -hmm. we trust each other now and, and we kind of understand what the other is trying to get at. And that's really great. You had mentioned as you were working on it, that you had kind of a different take than a lot of illustrators would have had because you're also a graphic designer. So you were laying out the actual spreads with, as I went. yeah. Yeah. That actually helped a lot. There was there is an art director, Anna Goldstein is the overall art director for the book. And she gave me a lot of guidance about like this needs to be more text heavy or, you know, don't have the col- the text column wider than this or this sort of thing. Like here's here's a good rule of thumb for readability for margins and captions. Um and she had a lot of feedback for things like, well, I think it would lead the eye into the spread better if this illustration bled across the gutter. So she was really helpful. 
in that sense. And she did a lot of work on her end to kind of make massage it all and make it all work. But it, I think it really helped everybody and made everybody's job easier for me to kind of design it as I go, mm-hmm. because then I could at least show them what I'm thinking and show how it all works as a cohesive spread. So every spread is designed organically to work as a standalone. And that helps really as that helps for the content of the book too, because it's like, okay, now this spread, we're talking about Catalina Island and that's all we're talking about. So there's a map, there's a couple of illustrations on here and it all fits together. Hmm. And then it helped because I'm a visual person. I actually wrote the book in layout. That's so interesting. And then copied it into a (laughs) word doc for for the, for the publisher to edit. But I, it helped me to like, I can't, even after doing two books now, I can't really think in terms of word count, which yeah. I know a lot of authors think in terms of number of words, but I need to see it. Like, I need to, like, if you tell me, oh, a caption needs to be no more than 25 to 30 words, I'm like, well, what, what does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> like I, I struggle need to with see that it. too, even though yeah. I shouldn't by now. <laughs> yeah, so this book is about, it's about 75,000 words long, hmm. I think, which is actually... That's about that's a, a shortish novel. Um, it's about the same length. It's actually a little longer than Dead Feminists hmm. in terms of um, text, but I like I have a hard time thinking about what that means. So being able to actually see it in the layout was really, really, really helpful. And I think, okay, well, it seems stupid to have to be still talking about this one thing on Catalina Island here, but I'm already on the second page, so mm. let's rein it in, let's edit it. That helped me really tighten my editing. Yeah, I bet. So it was totally different for Dead Feminists. Like, we we had a lot of input on the layout, but we didn't write it in the layout, and both Jessica and I were frustrated by that because we both are visual people. And so we ended up we ended up writing it all in Word and then having to, like, cut half of it uh. to fit the layout. And it just was a really inefficient way for us to work. And I think it was inefficient for the editors, too, because they didn't know how it was going to look. This time, there really weren't a lot of surprises. So there were changes. There's obviously changes that happened. So my Hannah, my editor, um, she she does kind of the rough editing, like the global, I think you're getting off topic here, or... I think this is a little repetitive from this other section. Can you rephrase this? Or this is confusing. So she kind of did the overall global stuff with me. And then she turned it over to a production editor after that. And then it's like, oh, we need to fact check this. Mm-hmm. This, What does this term mean? This is confusing. Um, so there were several passes involved, and it got tighter and tighter and tighter. But it never got wildly out of control because I was I got to see it happening and come together in real time, right. and that made all the difference. Yeah, it was like you were speaking a common language. Yeah. And I bet that's a rarity. Yeah, and I could just send them a PDF, like, here's how roughly it'll work. Wow. And so I was in pencil sketch form for forever, for like over a year. <laughs> I remember seeing some of those. Yeah. And only then did I realize how much work you had to there's do on this book. <laughs> so there's another detail to this. Um, so it's January, we're recording this. I am very pregnant. <laughs> Right now. Not just a little. I have, yeah. Very. Very, very. Um, so I am due to give birth like any day now. <laughs> and so I was, so the book was written and pretty much done before I got pregnant. But then I got, then I got pregnant and I had all the illustrations to do, like all of them. And there are a lot. <laughs> there are um, 99 maps, I believe. 
Are you kidding? No, and that's just maps. And there are over oh. 400 full illustrations, like either you know, quarter page, half page. So over 400 large illustrations, over 100 small like vignette illustrations, like little icons and things, and over 100 lettering treatments in the book. I'm, I'm just shaking my head over it's here. It's a ton. I it's can't. a ton. And I remember, like, this. So, like, the first person I told I was pregnant was my husband. Uh, yeah. And the Good second choice. person I told was my editor. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember being like, um, so I have something to tell you. <laughs> Thankfully, they were so supportive. Um, the, the publisher, Sasquatch, only has a couple of male employees. Everybody else there is a woman. Really? And most of them are of childbearing age. And most of them even... And actually, the art director was also pregnant the same. She had her baby before me. But um, so it was a lot of really understanding women who had either recently had kids themselves or who were also pregnant. So Mm. they were really supportive. And the monkey wrench on all of that was not just being pregnant and your run-of-the-mill exhaustion and all that, but I was very ill, like... Like almost as ill as it, as one can get, um, so I was I had very severe twenty four seven sickness <laughs> for yeah. six months. Only six months, huh? Only six, only two thirds. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, yeah. um, and and it happened all when my de- my deadlines for the illustrations were happening. So, of course. Everything was a little late, but not as not as late as I feared it hmm. would be. But it still it was such a struggle. Like I, I had this horrible routine. I basically I didn't see you for that whole time. Yeah, I barely left the house for six months because I was so ill and I had so much work to do. And so I had this horrible routine of rotating between like throwing up, lying down for a few minutes, and then like struggling to draw a map and then go throw up again. Oh and my gosh. It was awful. <laughs> So awful. It's really not the way I would recommend that other people work. <laughs> so, kids, if you want to write a book, like I go write a book, go illustrate a book. That's great. Don't do it when you're pregnant. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You really got slammed on that. <laughs> but it just was, you know, that's 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 how it worked out. And I could not have done it without all that support from both my editors and. My husband, I mean, everybody was amazing. Everybody made such accommodations for me and, like, gave me the space to, like, work as much as I could. And, you know, if I needed extra time, they gave me extra time. And we still, and we didn't have to push back the pub date. It was kind of amazing. That's great. Wow. But we really pushed it. I mean, we we were turning in, like, they sent it off to the printer, like, three days after we buttoned up the final, final, final edits. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All right. Wow. Yeah. It's... It's just stunning. I mean, no one would ever know that you were <laughs> throwing up all the time while you were creating this. It's just gorgeous. And Thank you. I don't know. I think that will always, in your mind at least, be part of yeah. this book. I'll be, I'll be like looking through. I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember how bad I felt on that day. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite part of the book? I think just, I think the little, the little tiny details. I, I love... Um, I love making little visual jokes and I, and there's a lot of bad puns in this book. Like there's tons of terrible written puns, but there's also some kind of visual puns in here and they really let me get away with that. So 
it was really fun to, to put in those little ingredients. I also, there's little Easter eggs in here. Um, for instance, in the, there's some city guides in here and in the Seattle city guide, um, there's a view looking down the hill towards the Pike place market, like the back of the Pike place market. And there's a neon sign of a coffee cup that's there. And that, that coffee cup is no longer there. It hasn't been there for, I don't know, seven or eight years, Hmm. but I, there's little bits like that in there because this part of the world is changing so rapidly. People are building things and tearing things down and people are, things are going out of business really, really quickly. There's a lot of turnover and I wanted a nod to what things have been like over the last 10 years and what people remember. People who've lived here for a long time would, would get that. Mm -hmm. They would remember that sign. So I love putting in little things like that. Um, also I can't believe they let me get away with this, but my, my author quote photo is a self portrait and they were asking me, well, what, what kind of image do you want? I assume (laughs) you want an illustration and not a photograph. And I said, yeah, I have one that's sort of my standard one that's on my website and that I send most people that's just a self portrait. And I said, but I also have this other one (laughs) that nobody has seen yet. Nobody has ever seen this. I haven't put it online and I said it's a it's a sketchbook selfie that I did hmm. in front of a giant shark head <laughs> in on the Washington coast, and it it's set up in a way that it looks like the shark's about to eat me. It's actually the doors to a shop. It's a door to a shop. Yeah, yeah it's like a saltwater taffy shop <laughs> shaped like a shark, and you have to walk through the shark's mouth to go in the door. It's really funny. And very... I sent it to them, and they're like, "Yep, we're using that." Yeah. <laughs> it's a very unusual bio photo. Yeah. It's fantastic. So I just, I love doing stuff like that. And it felt like this, this book really gave me the chance to put in all these little pieces of myself and not just pieces of these places that I was documenting. It, it really feels like me. It feels like a piece of me. Hmm. And I'm really, I hope people will like it because it, uh, yeah. it feels very personal. It's just gorgeous. And I love, I mean, you have such a great sense of humor, which I've always appreciated about your blog too. Thank you. You have funny little turns of phrase. and uh, It's mostly just terrible puns. It's just terrible <laughs> they're puns. They're really good. They're really charming. <laughs> and it totally works with your style of illustration. And so it just makes it even more enjoyable. I mean, some of your headers are really funny. Um, I love that the, the book can go a couple different ways. You can. It's really a useful guide. Mm. Um, at the in the front matter, you have some really good pointers. Mm-hmm. And so one can actually take it with them on a trip. Um, but it's also just a beautiful book. And what, what was your goal? Like, what could you imagine people using this for? Well, I feel like this, this is always a challenge when you're doing a travel book because, and we talked about this, um, Sasquatch and I talked about this from the very beginning because a pitfall with doing a travel guide is if it, if it's a straight guidebook, it's, it's like driving a new car off the lot. It's instantly obsolete the second it comes out. And there is some sort of up, there are, there's a little bit of kind of contemporary information in here that's already out of date, like stuff that's burned down in a, in a wildfire <laughs> since then. Or, um, and we try to avoid that as much as possible. So what, what, while it's still, while still hopefully making a useful guide, so I avoided any mention of things like prices for things because prices are the first thing to change. Or there's no hours, there's no like, this museum is open on Sundays, none of that, because any of that information can, can and will change at any time. So I tried, I tried to stay more general in terms of that sort of thing. And, I, and it comes right out and says it at the beginning. Like this is, think of this more as like a smorgasbord of ideas 
And so that's where the aspirational thing comes from. So that this lays out as much, it's, it's as thorough as possible in, here's the sort of things you can see in this part of the state. There's a lighthouse, there's a national park, there's, you know, this many miles of squiggly road that's really scenic. So that stuff gets really specific and granular because that stuff is not likely to change, mm -hmm. at least not as rapidly. Um, but I don't at all go into anything really granular, anything that can really change. So we're trying to ride that line, and I think it, I think it mostly works. So it, my tips are more like, here's, in general, if you've never taken a road trip before, you have to think differently than when you pack for an airplane. So here's some things that you'd want to bring. Here's some things you need to know. Bring a tide table. Get a fishing license if you want to go fishing, because hmm. <laughs> you can't just do it. Right. <laughs> so there's general tips like that. But it doesn't, I think, I think it will survive the worst of things going mm. obsolete. Like right now there's a government shutdown going on. Who knows how long this is going to last? Like some national parks are closed, some are open but unsupervised. Mm -hmm. It's all up in the air right now. But in general, I, I don't think the national park system is going to go away. So right. <laughs> I hope not anyway. Do you want people to pick up this book and get inspired and say, you know what, I'm going to do this. Yeah. There's this trip I've wanted to take. I really hope so. That's my goal for this. And and the book is actually a paperback. So Dead Feminist was hardcover. And I learned a lot about the travel book process when I was doing this because I had just assumed it would be a hardcover because I'm like, well, all new books are hardcovers, aren't they? And my editor explained to me, no, actually, travel books, we almost always do them in paperback because we want to encourage people to actually take it with them and not just leave it on their coffee table. Right. And I got really behind that. I really like that. And so it's it's kind of a sexy paperback. Like it it's, is. It's got a heavy cover with like a flap. and Yeah. I love, um, actually, there's a little detail that I love that was not my idea, and I'm so glad that someone else thought of it because I it hadn't occurred to me, but there's a, there's a spot varnish on the cover that is just on the lettering, and there's kind of a fake neon sign on the cover, and the spot varnish kind of encompasses all the little light bulbs on the neon sign and it kind of adds this extra level of quality mm -hmm. to it. So it's not like a mass market paperback. It's actually a really nice sturdy thing that you could shove in your car or in your travel bag. Yeah, it's an interesting size. It's a really good size and um, I mean, it's large enough that you can see the illustrations really well, but it is. But it's not enough. a coffee table book. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you could definitely take this with you. Yeah. Easily fit in a backpack. Definitely. Um, like it's smaller than a laptop. <laughs> smaller than a bread smaller box. Smaller than a bread box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really great size. And it just because of the the paperback, I mean it it's flexible, it's like really yeah. friendly. It's yeah. hand user friendly. <laughs> yeah. So, so that I feel like Sasquatch did a really great job of considering all of that and and it, it wasn't just it wasn't just this experience of write the book and you won't ever see it again mm -hmm. until it comes out. Like I feel like they really thought of every angle and they brought me in like, what do you think of this? And, and so I got to design the cover and the inside flaps and things. And so we got to having the chance to really consider every piece of this felt really luxurious to me because mm -hmm. I know that people who write books but don't illustrate them, they often don't have any say over what the packaging looks like. Right. And so oftentimes they they write the text and it goes off into the world and then they don't see it again until it's the finished product. And even most illustrators that I know, and I know I was trained this way to not expect to have any control hmm. over the design of the book, the packaging of the book. And so this was a really unique experience. Like 
they gave me such a high level of input and control and it and it, I think because of that and and I feel so grateful that they trusted me with that but I think because of that we were able to really consider it holistically and make this whole package so now I'm totally spoiled I'm like well <laughs> It's going to always be like that. <laughs> well, do you think uh, you will do another book? I already have ideas Woo-hoo. for, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we kind of have to see how this does because it's, it's um, there aren't a lot of books like this out there. There's not a ton of illustrated nonfiction for adults anyway hmm. because it's a lot of work and a lot of illustrators tend to do more children's book kind of stuff. I know my my training was in children's book stuff, but I've never done children's books. Hmm. Um, so that it's a little bit of a different animal, and I don't know really know of a lot of travel stuff that's all illustrated this way, <laughs> if any. <laughs> so no one else is crazy enough to take that. Yeah, on. <laughs> well, and it is great. Like it's crazy. It's, it's like so much work. Yeah, like don't do the math in terms of like <laughs> the hours. Right. But I think I don't tend to do that anyway. I'm. I'm I'm much more of a product-oriented person than a process-oriented person, so I will put up with just about anything. Like, I'll put in however many hours are required to get to the finished product that is desired, and I feel like we did that here. And so any any amount of, you know, pain or pregnancy barfing or whatever, <laughs> I feel like it was all worth it because we got here. We got there in the end. And um, and so, yeah, I would totally do it again. But we kind of have to see how it does. If, if it does well enough. I suspect it will. I hope so. <laughs> I have a, yes, sneaking suspicion this will be a big deal. It is just gorgeous. How does it feel to have the actual product here? It feels really good. It feels really fuss. <laughs> I've, I've shown it to a few friends. It's early. I can't really, I can't really be super public about it yet, but I've shown it to some friends and they've all been like, oh, this is so cool. And that's, that's the sort of reaction I really want. So <laughs> That was my reaction. Yeah. So I I have, I already have the idea for the next book. If hopefully, hopefully I'll have the chance to do it. So that's actually my, my goal for this year. Once this book is out is to start focusing on the next one. Cause there's always a, there's always a new idea, right? The idea (laughs) is the easy part. It's the getting it out, finishing it is the hard part. In the meantime, where can people find this book? So this uh, this is what they tell you that, to say. This book can be found wherever books are sold. <laughs> um, you can pre-order it. Actually, pre-orders really help authors. This is something I've learned over the years. Um, it's, it, it's really great when people want to buy it when the book comes out, but it actually really helps for people to pre-order it because... And whether you pre-order it from your local bookstore or you prefer to go through Amazon or you prefer to... You can actually even pre-order it directly from um, actually Penguin Random House. So mm. the the imprint is Sasquatch Books, but they are owned by Penguin Random House. They were just bought last year. Mm. And um, so you can pre-order it directly from Penguin Random House. You can go through Amazon. You can go through IndieBound. You can walk down to your local bookstore and get it from them. But what pre-ordering really helps with is it helps with rankings for a book before it comes out, and especially with Amazon. Like, um, the higher a book's rank on, say, Amazon or, say, IndieBound, the more promotion the book gets, the mm. more... Um, and often it, it can lead to reprinting. It can lead to more publicity for the book. So pre-ordering is very, very, very helpful. So I would encourage you to do so. <laughs> um, I also, so I live in Tacoma, Washington. So if you happen to be in Washington State, there will be a launch, a book launch on April 10th. 
that's a Wednesday. Usually books come out on Tuesdays, and this book is actually officially out on April 9th, but um, our launch party is the next day. And that will be at King's Books in Tacoma, Washington. And we don't have a time yet, but we will. Okay. And what's your website? Um, I have a couple. One is ChandlerO'Leary.com. That's my kind of overall, this is me, this is what I do. And my travel blog is DrawnTheRoadAgain.com. All right. Yay. Yay. Well, it's a gorgeous book. Thank you. And uh, thanks for making it. Thank you. And I hope that everybody who reads it, I hope that they are inspired to get in the car and go exploring. That's (laughs) the real goal here. Very exciting. Thank you for telling me about your book. Thank you. (laughs) 